Second Chance Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Quaz. And I'm the other host, Joe Harper. And here at Second Chance Movies, we take movies that were divisive, hated, beloved, and we give them a second chance to see how they hold up over time and if we still feel the same way. And with today's episode, we kind of dived into academy award-winning movies since it is oscar season we want to see if those award-winning movies still hold up over time and um you know we just pick one at random kind of i think yeah that's i mean we so far have done juno and mastering commander and those could not be two very different movies um <laughs> and and for this episode we are doing the ben affleck joint geely just kidding. We're doing Argo. I was so nervous because I was not prepared for that movie. <laughs> Academy Award winning Geely. Well, everyone, we're going to talk about Argo today. Argo, uh, let me give you a synopsis of Argo. Acting under the cover of a Hollywood producer scouting a location for a science fiction film, a CIA agent launches a dangerous operation to rescue six Americans in Tehran during the U.S. hostage crisis in Iran in 1979. Which is why Quaz and I are kind of geared up, uh, for those who can see us visually, uh, in our 70s attire. Yeah, we're living the 70s vibe. Well, the inspiration for the 70s vibe. We weren't alive then, so we just kind of had to to guess our own interpretation of 70s looks. Did someone not turn off their notifications? Okay, how did you do it? <laughs> That's so crazy because someone before this episode started said, hey, you should turn off your notifications. That's never been an issue for me. I never have any notifications on. I like being in the dark, quiet. Uh, guess who? Guess who's just, especially after I told her how to turn it off. Yikes. I'm... For we're I'm going to apologize for her, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I know. I know. I lectured him on, like, make sure your your ding is off. I've been hearing it in editing. And then... It's never been me. It's I can never tell you that. been you. No. No one messages oh. me. That's another thing. I don't care. <laughs> I don't even own a phone anymore. I just threw it in the trash. Good for you. Anyway, tell me about Argo. What's up with this movie? What's going down? Yeah, this uh, movie, nominated for seven Oscars. Uh, it was nominated for Best Supporting with Alan Arkin, Best Original Score, Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing. But it, And the three it did win, Best Picture, Best Writing for an Adapted Screenplay, because it is based off of a true story, um, and it's that story was written by the, the man himself, Tony Mendez. 
Um, and I believe someone else. Um, yeah, I know somebody else. I don't. I don't think I know. Um, uh, Joshua Behrman, who wrote a Wired magazine article, "The Great Escape." So both of them have kind of like, you know, Chris Terrio pulled some of the stuff from those pieces. So to get this story, uh, very unique, interesting story. Uh, what was yeah. the third one? It won best film editing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I, you know what? I agree. It's it's very fast paced, mm -hmm. and I think that's probably the strongest thing about this movie is it's it keeps you engaged the entire time because mm -hmm. one thing just leads to another. It does have um, really great editing. I will say though that I completely disagree with the Alan Arkin supporting actor win. I no not win. So just nomination. And oh, I thought he won. Okay. Oh, but that I nomination agree. too, I don't agree with. I don't agree with the nomination, um, mostly because like he's just he's just Alan Arkin in this. Um, yes. The not to say his performance is terrible, but the role itself isn't like meaty, juicy. It's just kind of like I feel like almost anyone could have played that role. Mm -hmm. I would have nominated Mercer Cooper's dad, Tate Donovan. Instead. Yeah, I would have nominated him instead. But none of them would have won because who did yeah. win that year for Best Supporting Actor was Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained. So oh, yeah, he was going to take No it. competition, guys. Yeah. It was a slam dunk. Yeah. Um, What I will say, my favorite award I think it won, and it's also my least favorite award that it won. Uh, it won a Golden Schmo, or it was nominated for five Golden Schmoes, uh, one of which was for best line um yeah so guys i wonder the, what it is could you guess what the line of the movie that they love is it argo fuck yourself it is absolutely argo wow, fuck yourself that was a hard guess so like i think this is why alan arkin got nominated because he's the one that says the line initially uh the there's a reporter that keeps asking Arkin about like the movie about the fake movie and he just Argo fuck yourself it was cute the first time but then like it became a catchphrase of the movie and everyone kept saying it and I was just done by the end yeah I feel like that was trying to be like the the next great like cinematic like line of the decade and watching it this time around it's like okay I get it I get it. You said fuck. I get it. <laughs> Ooh, he said fuck. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't age well. Mm -mm. Um, I would like to play a little game with you, though. Oh, okay. We like games. With that Josh, with that Golden Schmo Award, mm -hmm. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off to you the other four lines, and I'm going to see if you can name what movie they come from. Okay, so read them off some one I at think, a time. Some, I think, are very easy. But okay. who knows? Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. I don't know. It's been 10 years and my brain is not how it used to. So we'll see. <laughs> Let's just first give you the first one and see how much of a softball this is. Okay. And do you want me to do it with passion acting or should yeah. I just do plainly? That way you no. can't have a guess where it's from. Oh, 
Um, I want to see you act, but you don't necessarily have to act uh, like the actor that said the line, if that makes sense. Fine. I want a delivery. We have a Hulk. Avengers, but is it the first? The Avengers, wait, no, hold on. Avengers. No, you were right. Jake, it's the, the first it's one? The first one. Okay. The first one. Oh, okay. I was going to say the um, the James Spader. Iron Man one. talking to Loki. Second, second line for you. Okay. I like the way you die, boy. Django Unchained. It's Django Unchained. Hell yeah. Uh, our third nominated line. The D is silent. Django Unchained. <laughs> it's also Django Unchained. What? I tried to throw you off and not say how he said it, but it's, it's, it's one of those lines. Is, it's just super obvious. Okay, here's the one I... I don't know if you're going to get or not. This is okay. the only one that would stump me. I'm the motherfucker who found this place, sir. Zero Dark Thirty. Wow, I'm impressed. Jessica Chastain. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, I know you Damn. love that movie. And I can't believe it's I, worth, I got them all. Whoa. For what? For what it's worth, I think that might should have won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah, I you know what we'll, we'll go, get we'll get we'll into that, that later, later, but we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. and so yeah, there we go. Wow, I did it! I'm so surprised with myself. I guess my brain isn't as bad as I thought. That's great. Those are also pretty. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think all of them have held up as like a quote for that movie. Ten years later, yeah. Except that I'm the motherfucker. I just know you knew that movie. Yeah, I love. I fucking love that movie. Jessica, I need, I need a break from all this, and mm. I need some movie reviews. Ooh, it's that time. Okay, so obviously you probably know that when Argo first came out, people lost their goddamn minds and thought this was cinematic art. So there's a lot of positive reviews, but there's also <laughs> some negative reviews. And I find the positive reviews pretty funny because they're very dramatic. It's like, you'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. Okay. Kate Muir from the UK Times said, Ben Affleck has delivered a knuckle muncher of a thriller and a satire on Hollywood, both in one unlikely package. Knuckle muncher. <laughs> knuckle muncher. I've never heard the term knuckle muncher before. Is that a UK thing? Because I've never heard it either. I guess like, like ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Knuckle muncher. Yeah, I'm, that's exactly what that means. I didn't um, know it had a. No, I've never word. heard it as a phrase. Yeah. No, I've never heard it as a phrase either. Um. I'm gonna try and use it more often. You knuckle muncher. You and your knuckle munching tricks. No, that doesn't work. Okay. Peter DeBruge from Variety wrote, white knuckle tense and less self-congratulatory than it sounds. Ben Affleck's unexpectedly comedic third feature has the vital elements to delight adult audiences. Why I is everyone talking about their knuckles? I know. They really like bring it into this movie it's really very strange 
Argo, um, knuckle yourself. <laughs> Argo, knuckle yourself. David Thompson at the New Republic, he wrote, entertaining and suspenseful in old fashioned ways. Like, what the fuck? Does he think this is like Maltese Falcon or Rear Window? Like, what? Like, what? Excuse me. You know what I, what? you know what I know about like Hollywood? Hollywood loves Hollywood movies. Hollywood like, loves Hollywood. Hollywood. Yes. And I feel like this is, that's one reason why this movie did so well. Is there was like a lot of positive critics reviews because it's like Hollywood. We love it. We love when Hollywood is good and Hollywood saved the day. But hey, don't get me wrong. There were still some negative reviews. So let's get into those. Nigel Andrews Ooh. from Financial Times wrote... There is an intelligent, funny film waiting to come out of this story. It will have to keep waiting. <laughs> Bam. Nigel, bringing it. One of my favorite negative reviews, and something I kind of agree with just a little bit, is from Josh Larson of Larson on Film. Uh, said, a deeply myopic view of the world. One focused through a distinctly and distorted American lens. Ooh, shots fired. I mean, it is through an American lens. So the majority of the real story, Canadians are like the reason everything happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it should be more a story about the Canadians than it is the U.S. Yeah. In real, oh. in real life. Canada took over this situation right I think and we're the true heroes there's a little I think he's right in that it is a distorted American lens of like America saves the day and yep. like you know like we had like we fucking like took their sultan like we weren't perfect we fucked up but god forbid we say that and our main Canadian um embassy actor is victor garber mr andrews himself yes another guy another um, one popping up uh as we all hopefully should know by legally blonde um of course that's a that's my prime garber right there oh no mr andrews for me what is a mr andrews titanic bitch i forget that he's in that he's there's only two there's built the two, ship. maybe a third person in Titanic that I remember being in Titanic. When you think of Titanic, who do you think of? I think of Kate Winslet. I think of Leonardo DiCaprio. I think Done. of... Yeah, end of list. End of list. Billy Zane is the only Victor other one. Victor Garber, Billy Zane, yeah. Kathy Bates, uh, oh, Sissy Spacek. Come on. I don't... I don't remember any of those people being in this except Leo and Kate and James Cameron making a boat movie. And probably my favorite negative review of Argo comes from Richard Corliss from Time Magazine. He wrote, Argo is just so-so. That's not a terrible review. No. <laughs> It's Just it's not so -so. at least he didn't say you know Argo is dog shit. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Argo can go fuck itself. So now that we've heard um, some of the reviews of people's first time watching, 
Joe, tell us about your first time with Argo. Ooh, so I thought about this for a while. It, I don't remember. I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I think I saw it via Netflix in disc form when you got oh, the yeah. disc mailed to you. I'm pretty sure that was the first time I saw it. Argo, yeah. And it, I watched still it with do that, family. by the way. They do? Yeah, I have the subscription. I pay the extra $5 a month to get DVDs what? of movies I can't find streaming anywhere. What DVDs are not streaming? A lot of older movies. So, like, right now I have, like, The Bride of Frankenstein, and then I have, like, uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Wow, so. you got some deep older movies mm-hmm. I didn't see renting. Wow. Yeah. So Instead of watching those, <laughs> just go rent MacGruber for me. That's, <laughs> do that spend your time wisely um <laughs> so yeah i i mean when i saw it you know in 2013 i had to have seen it as soon as it came on dvd um i enjoyed it i thought it was fun um you could tell what hope maybe you could tell what i i don't remember much from my first viewing i just remember yeah this was nice um was it a movie that blew me away no um but I didn't have anything negative to say about it. Except the Argo fuck yourself was obnoxious. And my parents thought it was the funniest line ever. (laughs) Parents love that line. Yeah, my parents fucking died at that line. It might be the word fuck that's just like blows their mind. He he said, go fuck yourself. Ah! Ah! What? Fuck! We're not supposed to say that word. An old you man did. said it. What? Ah. Jessica, what was your first time watching Argo? So I definitely remember seeing it in theaters. Okay. Because it was a time, 2012, where you know I could go see movies in theaters a lot uh, without wow. spending my entire savings account. <laughs> right? Weren't those the days? Um, so I, I, I saw it with either my mom or my dad, definitely one of my parents. I can't remember. Um, and I saw it before the Oscars. I definitely know that. And, um, yeah, they were really into it. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is I, um, there were things I liked about it. I didn't walk away being like, wow. I just was like, Yeah. Um, but later after watching it, what would really fucking annoy me is that at this, the same time I was obsessed with Zero Dark Thirty, um, so much so that one of my best friends and I went to see the midnight screening of Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. What a weird choice. We were like, we saw the trailer and we're like, oh my God, this is everything. Um, and then I think we went back to see it the next day. Oh, wow. I definitely saw Zero Dark Thirty at least like two, three, three to four Two days in a row? Mm-hmm. In theater? Uh-huh. Again, because wow. you could you could spend money like on, on movies and theaters. Um, I'm more impressed that you could sit through the theater that long without taking a bathroom break. You've taken like six during the time <laughs> we recorded this. I'm sure I did. That's why I had to see it again to see what I missed. Okay. But yeah, we wa- we went a few times to see it. And then I also was like, Dad, let's go see it. You'll really like it. Like I, I saw it a few times in theaters. I was really, really into it. 
So when people started to be like, oh my God, Argo, I'd be like, excuse me, Zero Dark Thirty is right fucking there. Like, <laughs> like I almost threw hands with one of my cousins. No, I didn't, but I wanted to because we were talking about Argo versus Zero Dark Thirty. And he was like, yeah, I just felt like when I was watching Zero Dark Thirty, I was just like watching like basically a documentary. And I was like, Catherine Bigelow was going for a realistic portrayal of what it was like to hunt a terrorist. So that's why it was the stylistic <laughs> choice. Sorry. You're so, you're so wrapped up in it. Um, so into it. So yeah, I also like had this, this, this kind of disdain for Argo because so many people were like, this is, this is the movie. And I was like, excuse me like while zero dark 30 is sitting right there with iconic lines and and performances and intense moments i don't know about iconic lines but definitely moments characters i think the characters in that movie i'm more engaged with those characters i know personality quirks where this this argo they're just there all right so Let's talk about our second viewing. Let's How did you feel your second time around, Jessica? <sighs> Bored. <laughs> is how I would summarize how I felt for the most part of the viewing. Okay. Um, so this time around, I thought that the scenes and the storylines about making the the fake movie Argo and trying to get these six the six out was not that captivating. It was just like white men talking, cool, 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 cool. Um, but what I did find very fascinating and engaging this time around is is dealing with the six. I would have liked more of a balance, I think, with more of them in it. Because like they go through they go through a lot. I mean, at the beginning, they are they're stuck inside the embassy where there are riots, people are breaking in, people are are taking American embassy workers hostage, many hostages. They're, you know, it's just it's just chaos. And eventually, you know, these six employees uh, get into a uh, a back room and are like okay we need we need to get out of here like we need to get out of here let's go right now and as and they do they they book it they get out of there and then uh, you know the embassy becomes overrun so they survived and got out of there uh very quickly and i just found that beginning to be so so good because you're just like thrown right into the middle of the chaos um you know what that made me think about 10 years later now that watching in current day january 6th yeah that's the thing too like i was yeah i was thinking about that the entire time yeah i I was too and like there's you know we see a lot of footage obviously like from things like january 6th we see a lot of like whether it's news or portrayed in movies or tv we see a lot of like the riots or like in insurrections like at a building but we very rarely see people being like okay how do we get out of here what do we do oh my god and so we got that with this which i thought was just 
just so intense yeah probably even more so after after the the capital after america's capital was overrun yeah, they're, it, they have to make super quick decisions, like shred the shred as many documents as you can, because they don't want their faces to be identified later if they're on the run. Um, man, just an exit strategy. What are we? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And it's chaos. So like they're they're thinking quick on their feet and just like how do we just got to get out of here? Um, and they do eventually wind up seeking refuge at the Canadian ambassador's home, Mr. Andrews. Um, at, but they're there for a very long time and they're stuck in this house, uh, literally like 2020, uh, uh, quarantining a little bit. Um, but under under different circumstances yeah, entirely. Yeah. Um, we have it we have it a bit easier they aren't able to like stream their favorite shows or unfortunately for them they don't get to sit and watch argo like we did right at one point one of them just goes out for a quick like walk just to get out of the house and the other is like freak out at him like someone could have fucking seen you what are you doing you cannot do that so they're like stuck in this house for we don't get the exact timeline really but for like for months um, and I would like to see more of that, more of them kind of like we get a little glimpse into their anxieties and their fears and like, are we ever going to get back home? Like, are we going to die here? Um, but I just would I just enjoyed them so much. I would have liked more of them. I mean, there's a lot of things that are happening in this movie because they're trying to tell, I think, two kind of two stories at once. Mm-hmm. Six people in hiding and then CIA trying to figure out how to get them in the, you know, ruse of we're making a fake movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- so with all the, it's it's so plot heavy. We don't have time to focus on like character development. Yeah. It's, it's very much a, this is just a story we're telling you, not a character driven story, mm-hmm. at least to my eyes, um, which, you know, a second go around, I just, it kind of fell flat. Of it, I still have the, I still feel like edge of my seat. Like, oh, I just think it's made very suspensefully. There's always something happen, something that's like got me sweating. I'm like, oh no, how are they going to get out of this? Like, oh no, just building up the pressure constantly. I think this movie does just a great job the entire time of building pressure. But at the same time, I still think it's kind of boring the second time around. Yeah, so to that point, one thing I don't like, and I and this isn't necessarily the movie's fault, it's probably more just the viewing experience, is the suspense of it all really died down for me this time around. I mean, obviously, because I know what's gonna happen, I've seen it, but it's so also- we already knew what happened. But at the same time, I watch movies where I know it's going to happen and there's still suspense for me, but for some reason this time around, like, I didn't feel that suspense of, like, whoa, they're really, like, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. like, I didn't, I didn't feel it, really, I, I just didn't, um, even though the stakes were incredibly high, it just was, again, kind of, kind of boring, <laughs> to be quite honest. I guess so. I feel like, I feel like there's, there's something about it. I just think 
because they're working off the best bad idea is mm. the fake movie. I think all the fake movie stuff, I like seeing the movies, like getting the fake movie get made, talking to you know, the props guy, the makeup guy. Even like we get a fun little scene with Jack Kirby who's drawing fake art for the movie. Um, all that's kind of fun to me. Uh, but like in my head, I'm just thinking, why can't they just like fly like a small plane somewhere quick? They're there, jump on, bye, and then done. Mm-hmm. What was? Th- why can't we do that? Yeah, um, I I do think it is like a really interesting true story of like making a fake movie to save people. I would have liked to spend a just a tiny bit more time with like actually making the fake movie because we really only get it like in a montage ish style where like they're they're doing this they're doing that they're doing a table read they're you know like so it's very quick like okay we're gonna make a fake movie and then they just like do it really quickly which was something I noticed this time around is that it's such a kooky unique real story mm-hmm. that I just would have liked more time with like almost maybe even like hesitancy and less confidence of like are we really doing this like this is really odd um yeah. but okay here we go this is a really roundabout way for us to rescue these six people right um and you know I mean it did it did work out so I guess it was like the best worst plan um but yeah, I just, I don't know. There were some things that just like didn't quite pull the punch for me this time around. Also one thing I noticed like complete sidebar, but back to uh, the making of Argo. This time around, I realized just how little Alan Arkin and John Goodman are actually like in the movie, even though they're considered to be like main characters. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I found that really like odd because essentially like, after they make the fake movie um there are they're only in like one scene or two and then they're they're gone they're done with them yeah leave them back in hollywood let them do their thing we're gonna be over in iran doing Mm -hmm. something else yeah so that was uh just something i clocked this time around that i i didn't notice the first time around because they were like top build and like you know, they were, it's Alan Arkin and John Goodman. We love them. Um, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Like all the, like the, the main players besides Affleck, like they're actually not in it that much besides, uh, I mean, and when I say main players, I mean the ones that are going to uh, work on this rescue are actually not even in it as much, except for Ben Affleck, of course. Yeah, he's, he's, essentially the biggest character in the movie because he's playing with both groups of people right he's like the he's like the bridge between these two kind of uh parallel stories which is an interesting way to to tell this story because it is two different stories that connect in a very obviously major way so i'd like to start off uh we should talk about what we did like and what we didn't like and I want to start off with what we did like. And my first big thing that hit me right off the bat was credits. The opening credits just set this really fun tone to the movie. Because um, a lot of times, in the last movie we just reviewed was Master and Commander. 
And what they do is just put up like these subtitles for us to read of like, this is what happened during this time. And it's pretty boring, like, you know, because we're in that visual medium. Show us, don't tell us. And this did a fun way of showing us what the events are. Uh, I'm not really following it as well as I probably could have. But like, you know, they show us in a fun way, plus in like storyboard form of like the crisis going on in Iran and what issues are going over there via the U.S. and why the U.S. was involved. And I just think it was a fun, more engaging way of introducing us to get us into that setting. So I actually fully disagree with you on that. Uh oh, uh -oh. yeah, yeah. Um, I think the beginning is actually super weird. Um, I I agree with you that it is a unique way to give quick backstory as opposed to just like throwing letters up on a screen. It is a more creative way. However, uh -huh. I think using like this storyboard and this like pseudo animation along with like archival footage and this weird like voiceover, this like omnipresent voice almost like diminishes the seriousness of like what we're about to get into. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that, yeah. And I also think like, I don't know if we necessarily needed so much exposition on the history of Iran when the concept for this particular incident is very simple, is that uh, the Sultan went to America to seek asylum and they allowed him to. And that's why people are fucking pissed. So like, I would have rather spent time understanding the feelings of those citizens in Iran and how they felt betrayed by America rather than getting into this whole exposition and story about how like Iran is poor and sad like I I don't think like I, I don't nah it doesn't do it for me and it comes up I think is just kind of weird the milk bath thing too it's like did we need to include that it's Okay. So I just want to recap. America let someone into their borders willingly. I know. We used to like do that. Wow. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. What a time. What I know. Time. What did you like about this movie? So we already kind of touched on it. I, I liked the entire cast. I thought they were um all very well cast. And like in some instances. I feel like everyone except Batflick, sorry, is basically giving you like career making performances. Like these are like high echelon performances that like, yum yum. She doesn't agree. She likes Ben Affleck apparently. I think that every, even the minor characters and I'm thinking of like the Iranians at the airport, like questioning them to questioning the six when they're trying to get on the plane even they're giving like top-notch performances i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm awarding my scene stealer for the movie to the one iranian security officer at the airport yeah uh, he's the he's, one that has the most screen time with a beard dude just everything that he was doing i was like holy shit Right. And he gives you this intensity and then this also like curiosity of like, okay, is this real? Is this not? Like it that like even like a small minor role like that was like 
wow, this is this is fucking acting. That didn't happen in real life. They, they got in real life. They just get on the plane and go. Oh well, it's it's not as exciting. I mean, the idea is really exciting. The actual thing that happened was pretty like cut and dry. Mm-hmm. This is how we did it. Well, Hollywood, you gotta you gotta add that suspense that bam dies down after ten years. Um, <laughs> so that was something again. I like this the cast, the acting, all of it. Uh, one thing I like is just I, I think it just builds. Uh, I think I already mentioned it earlier. It just builds the intensity most of the way through, like one thing leads to the other and just like the suspense or just like it gets my heart pumping in some areas even though i kind of know what's going to happen them just like walking through scouting for their where they're going to make the movie but they have to go through this like marketplace i'm still just like nervous because like everyone is freaking out um uh clay duvall's character takes a picture and then they freak it or like don't take a picture of me what are you doing okay here i don't really care <laughs> I don't really need this. I'm not. I'm fake. You know, whatever. And they even after getting the picture, they're still screaming and yelling at her. And I was like, "Oh shit! I don't know what's they're gonna. Um, this is not good." Mm-hmm. I think also what's interesting about like situations like that, especially with the six, is they're giving like very layered performances in that underneath they're incredibly fucking nervous. Like they think they could fucking die at any moment. But on top, they're like, yeah, everything's cool. I'm a production designer. Like, yeah. like I so- I really enjoy all the scenes where Affleck is trying to, like, train them on, your backstory is this. Your backstory is this. What's, answer this question. Answer this question. It's wrong. Damn, you're dead. Like, you got to know your shit or you're not, you know, this is it. This is it, guys. Get your shit. Wrap it up. Let's go. So apparently you don't have much to say about liking this movie. What would you not like about what what made you not like this movie so much? Um well I do have one more thing I liked and it's just okay. a, it's a very minor thing but it always kind of like, you know, gives me the warm fuzzies uh and kind of makes me chuckle as well uh when our six get on the plane, you know, there's an in, intense made up apparently a suspenseful moment of are we going to get on it are we going to are we going to die here what's going to happen they get on the plane the plane takes off they're still like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then the moment when the flight attendants announce uh you know we'll be serving drinks soon all six just get up and cheer and to me that part is really funny because it's like as a perspective of just a passenger on the flight like <laughs> these six people are like why are they so beer? happy yes Diet Coke. We, uh, we fly all the time this has never happened right but also just the fact that they're like oh my god okay we're out we fucking we're safe we are we're going home we're okay after all that that i do like i just like that that scene i think it's sweet and um and and kind of has some humor in it and just gives me those warm fuzzies so i like that this movie has a lot of like good moments throughout but like as a whole like the story just the idea of the story is interesting but like i don't know it's it just loses it 
its flavor it had the first time we watched it. Yeah. Anyway, so what are some things you did not like about this movie, Joe? I feel like this was one of those movies that was like really exciting when it came out, but like nobody's talked about, at least in my circle of people, in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I drop the name, people are like, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah. And I agree. It's good. Uh, it's not terrible. I could sit through it, uh, unlike other movies we've watched. Um, but like, nothing just blew me away about the movie i think that's what i don't like about it is nothing just like captivates me or just like oh my god i can't believe that just happened everything's just like oh that's neat okay that's cool Mm -hmm. oh the movie's over cool and so i i feel like i want more of those moments where like um maybe something that would have engaged me more is just knowing the characters better because they're not characters. They're just people that are going through this story. Yeah. And this event. That's more about the event than it is the people in the event. So speaking of things I don't like, I'm, a, I'm about to... Hey, what do you not like? I'm about to drop a, a controversial take. Here we go. Holy shit. Here we go. Let's drop... Dr- <laughs> take a big dump of knowledge on us. So I've already made it pretty well known that I think Ben Affleck is eh, like, eh, he's fine. Um, I like his directing. I don't like his acting. I think that Ben should not have been an actor in this movie, let alone the lead acting. I think he just should have directed and that was it. Um, I find, like I said, everyone's performance is outstanding. It's like like career highs for most of these people. And compared to that, I find Ben Affleck's performance to be... And compared to that, I find Ben Affleck's performance to be incredibly like apathetic. Like, he's not given us a whole lot besides, like, I'm in the CIA and I'm going to do something weird. Like, that's kind of it. Um, there's a moment where he's, like, he's talking to one of the six and he's, like, no, you guys can trust me. Like, I promise I'm going to get you out of here. And I feel like that's really the only, that's the closest thing we get to, like, an emotional moment of, like, wow, these six people's lives are dependent on me. I got to get this right. There's just, he's not giving us, he's like, go ahead, girl, give us nothing. Like, I I just don't, I don't, like to me, he's, he's the lead, but I find his performance to maybe be the most boring. Um, however, I think the directing is really good. I, I think he got performances out of those people. I think he mm-hmm. made great choices when it comes to shots and, and how we're gonna tell this story. Um, so I definitely think he was a good director for it. I just don't think he had any business acting in it. And I wonder too, if like juggling, directing and acting. Oh. Scully is tired of you bashing Ben Affleck. I'm She's sorry, baby. Um, and I wonder too, if like for this particular movie, because there were so many moving pieces to it, if 
if his acting. Bye, Scully. <laughs> okay, fine. You love Ben Affleck. I wonder too if maybe because there were so many moving pieces to this really big movie that like his acting struggled because he was so focused in the directing, even though that didn't really happen in the town, but this movie felt like it was a bigger scope than the town. So and I read that he looks nothing like real life Tony Mendez. Yeah. There was a lot of people critiquing because he's like not Hispanic. He probably should have been cast yeah. himself in that. But yeah. Tony didn't have a problem because Tony's like five foot something where Ben is six something. I think he's also kind of chubby and stuff, but he's like, I like that he's in it. <laughs> I heard, I like that he's me. I don't mind. Right. Like, yeah, of course, an A-lister, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, um, sure. He can play me. I don't care. Um, uh, I yeah. mean, as as long as the, so, the actual person is okay with it, that's great. I'm just saying, like, yeah. from my perspective, I just find his performance to be very lackluster and, and not at the same caliber as the actors and actresses he was directing. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he should have acted in this movie. I think he should have just directed and focused on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it wasn't him, like, Gone Baby Gone, he might have just cast his brother in it. I know how you feel about his problematic brother. Affleck. Yeah, problematic. All right. Anyway, a lot of people say so. One of the big Oscar snubs was that Affleck was not nominated for best director. Uh, he was, I believe, he was nominated and won the Golden Globe. Let me let me double check. So Ben Affleck won the Golden Globe for Best Director, um, but he was not nominated at the Oscars for Best Director. Um, and everyone kept saying he was all snubbed. And to bring up Quaz's point that he shouldn't have been acting in it, he himself, uh, when everyone was talking about how he was snubbed as director, he said, I mean, I didn't get the acting nomination and no one's saying I got snubbed there. <laughs> Yeah, bro, because you, you weren't. You weren't, honey. You weren't. Um, who won Best Director that year? Ang Lee. Oh, for the 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 pie? For the pie movie. For yeah. the pie movie? I will oh. say this. I will say this. When they show Tony's child's bedroom, uh, Tony is a kid. We see his bedroom. Uh, on his shelf are old vintage Star Wars toys. And as a toy collector, I just went oh, and got really excited. <laughs> and the wife just said, calm down. <laughs> They're not even really in your room. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I was so excited. Oh, man, I know which I know all those. These are these are fairly accurate. <laughs> that checks out for you. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. All right. So our second chance Jessica, what do you think? Should we give this a second chance? I say do not give this movie a second chance. I think um, over time it, it has become lackluster. I think the things that made it special uh, 
are still like there, but they're not as powerful as they were the first viewing. Um, the suspense is still there, but at the same time, it's kind of been wound down for some reason. Um, the performances are great, uh, but I think you can see that in your first viewing. Um, so overall, I would say, nah, don't worry about it. If you've seen it once, you've seen it enough, like a one and done kind of thing for me. If you've never seen it, then yeah, give it a shot. I do think it was great the first time watching it. 10 years later on a repeat, all the thrills and, and you know suspense is kind of out the window, which is the I think the biggest draw to this movie is like on the edge of your seat, kind of like, oh no, what is gonna happen next? But then again, it's based off of a true story that if you know it going in, you know they're gonna be fine. And even mm -hmm. if you didn't know, I think you already kind of know the ending. They wouldn't be making this movie about rescuing people if it went super south. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. Let's yeah. make a movie about all of us fucking up. <laughs> like, you know, I don't, I just, you know, uh, I still think, it, you know, it's, I still think it was good, but just not great. Uh, so I think I'm going to agree with the second chance of like, you don't need to give it a second viewing. If you liked it the first time, just let that viewing, that great viewing, stay in your mind. Mm -hmm. Let that be enough. That's fine. Yeah. It doesn't, it does not stand the test of time, I think. But that being said, too, I don't hate this movie. I don't think it's a bad yeah. movie. Um, I just yeah. don't. It's find, a good movie. It's a good movie. But I also don't find it to be like the greatest of all time or like. It something. doesn't welcome itself to multiple viewings. Yes, exactly. Um, and do I think it should have won Best Picture? I don't. I don't. Um, and we think instead of watching this a second time, go watch Zero Dark Thirty. Please do. If you haven't seen that, if you haven't, if you've only seen it once, that movie holds the fuck up in a way that Argo wishes it could. So yeah, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Second Chance Movies. We'll also be on YouTube and wherever you can find podcasts. Um, or go fuck yourself, everyone. Second Chance Movies.